Hey, welcome back to Love, Lust, and Magic. As always, I am so glad you're here because this week we have an interview with the Cancerian creative dark goddess worshiping homoerotic tarot creating Ryan Harrison. Ryan is a fashion designer, an herbalist, a mystic, and one of my close friends who I have known since we both lived in the suburbs of Atlanta. And in this episode, we really get into it. We talk about creativity and magic and seeing magic in everything. Ryan talks about fashion and creativity and art as connection to the self and connection to something greater. We share about the Saturn return and what that means for us. And Ryan shares what he learned from his Saturn return. And we also talk about the dark goddess. Ryan talks about goddesses like Kali and Inanna. And we talk about Inanna's descent and Inanna's myth. We talk about the power of rose medicine and the power of the rose, what it means to live witchcraft. And then we discuss Ryan's incredible kinky uh, homoerotic tarot deck the abyss tarot and what it means to enter the void this is a really special episode i know i say that about every episode but it is ryan has such a beautiful sweet heart and it's really special to connect over so many things that are so sacred to me so i hope that you enjoy this show and you can check out ryan and his tarot deck at the link in the show notes I'll see you on the other side. It brings me so much joy to connect and chat with your sweet Cancerian soul. You Ooh. are truly an artist, a fashion designer, creator of the Abyss Tarot, a witch, a perfumer. Woo! Can you tell us about how your journey with magic and creativity began and how you ended up at this beautiful intersection of your mysticism? Wow, um, I definitely feel like, first of all, hi, I'm so glad to talk <laughs> to you. Oh, you too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like a lot of it sort of started for me as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's probably cliche to be like, yeah, you know, I was the kid like making mud pies and sticking leaves in it and like flowers, but I definitely, definitely was that kid growing mm-hmm. up that kind of, um, I'm an only child, so I kind of was the kid who always kind of like, playing in the woods by himself or like playing with the girls in the playground um but i was always up to doing something that had to do with mixing things Mm. so um i always feel like i kind of knew what i wanted to do as a little kid and then it just sort of um moved along and transfixed into kind of my current path um and i feel like there's just one of those things where it's like when you're called you're called yeah you know definitely Um, You feel it in your bones. You feel it in your bones. And I think there's a little bit of magic in everything that I do. Um, I think that is like the the common thread is, um, you know, seeing the magic within nature and the magic within everyone else. Um, Mm. That's something that I really loved, you know, about going through my fashion journey, um, becoming a designer or doing art in general was I just loved the idea of a piece of me, something that I have loved for so long. Mm -hmm. being able to 
you know, give that back to another person just so that they can also enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Um, as a small town gal, you also understand that yes. uh, um, fashion uh, in those sort of situations is really a way for you to express yourself. Um, yeah. And at times can definitely be uh, an armor of sorts, you know, when yeah. you grow up in an area that isn't quite open to everything. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Um, but yeah, did I answer your question? I feel like I just sort of like flowed through that. I'm in very like still very much um, in Pisces full moon mode. So yeah, great. And you're a Cancer, so you're you flowing through with your words and your creativity is your magic. So you're just sharing with us your truth and your your magic, which is beautiful. And you mentioned that when you were a kid, you always kind of had an idea of what you wanted to be. How would you describe that now as like an adult? Like what was mm. it that you envisioned yourself as being? I think it was very much just um, create someone that was creative, I think was really something that yeah. was really important to me growing up. You know, I watched my mom, even though she, you know, worked a nine to five, you know, corporate job, she always did something with her hands. If it was mm. like baking, if it was, um, like she actually sewed my clothes when I was a little kid. Aww. Um, and you know, she did floristry, jewelry, so she always had some sort of creative outlet. And I think that really inspired me yeah. growing up to have that same creative outlet. Um, and it definitely, ex uh, that creativity explored a lot to try to find what corners, um, it really loved. Like, um, my mom was really great about letting me try everything underneath the I sun. So, that. um, yeah, at one point I played violin, I did piano, I did choir, I did art. And that's kind of where I stayed in high school. Um, but I did a little bit of everything. I did fencing. So I really think that, like, it really was just about nurturing that creativity within myself. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I really wanted to do, is just be a creative in whatever scope that is. I love it. And I love seeing that because I do feel like you have, like, even since we've met. And just for context, Ryan and I met because he used to work at one of my favorite used bookstores in Johns Creek, Georgia. Shout out Alpharetta. Shout out Fulton County. Um, and one of our, like, my family friends was like, hey, you should really meet Ryan. Like, I think you'd really like each other. Like, he's into fashion. And, like, my background is in fashion journalism and fashion writing. And obviously, we're both witchy. So, very great for that fateful encounter and I just I love all of this I love that your mom first off had that um not even ability but that ability and awareness within herself to nurture her own creativity outside of a nine to five mm -hmm. to do the things that sounds like made her happy and that you were able to grow up with like that example of what that means because I feel like especially with our generation it's like whenever you have a hobby, you have to monetize it, right? Like if you do something for yourself, it's like, okay, but how can you make it a side hustle? And like sometimes the creative act is the the point of it all, right? Like sometimes we're creating as a, a means of transmuting or of healing or of feeling or whatever it is. And I love that you were able to kind of grow up with that kind of expression and also like it's giving Gemini energy with like being able to try all these different things being able to filter the light through the prism and see the individual kind of pieces of like your passions and then from there like really get to know yourself in this authentic way and I love just I love all of that I love that you did fencing I love that you also were talking about um and like you know all the other kinds of like art and music like it really is so I feel like Cancerian to like go to the depths of the ocean and just explore all these fields and 
I totally love what you were saying about self-expression as well and about fashion and style, um, like connecting you to yourself, but also connecting mm. you with other people. Like, I think that like when you were like, you know, like my magic is something that also like I, I is woven into my life. Like you were saying that it connects you to others. Like, I just want to reiterate how beautiful that is because that's something I feel too. I think that magic and witchcraft is something that connects us to something larger than ourselves, obviously like nature, but it's also a way of finding compassion for others and like recognizing that we're all one, just like individual kind of fractals of the same energy. And I don't know. I don't really feel like people discuss that as much. So I just love to hear about Yay. like the ways that magic is woven throughout your life and how it helps you connect to yourself and others more deeply yeah and i think to a, a big part of that as well as you know very much a few placements in my chart i am a uh, mars and venus so i feel like a lot of my passions my creativity comes from that venusian sort of tactile mm. nature um and then i have uh a, uh i think it's yeah saturn in aquarius Beautiful. so i feel like Wait. i'm always Oh, sorry. What was your Venus in? Uh, my Venus is, um, oh my gosh, my brain. It's okay. You can take a second to look if you need as well. Or you can just get back to Slater, whatever works. My Venus is in Taurus. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Okay, and then, I see. Wait, no. My Venus is in Cancer, and then Aww. my Mars is in Taurus. Aww. So I think those two play really well together. Yeah. Um, in terms of create, like bringing out that creativity and that community aspect um, and that nurturing you know because i feel like i'm also always the person that like if someone's willing to ask like oh like can you help with this like i'm always person's like sure like kind of let me show you how to do it and i think Mm. i've also been helped so much by that same spirit yeah um so i try to pass that along as well and what were you saying is in aquarius uh my saturn Ooh, so you just got done with your Saturn return? I did. I did my first my first roll at a Saturn return. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? What a blessing it is for us to have multiple, because that means we're living beautiful, yeah. long lives. So, like, I, I'm going through mine right now. I just started in March, and I would love to know what you learned from yours, especially as, like, a Cancerian. Like, how did yeah. it kind of impact your, your depths and your oceanic ability to feel? So, like, that's the thing is I feel like, especially with um, my Saturn being Aquarius, me also being a Cancer, it definitely was in the area of relationship is kind of like where it hit the most. Mm. Um, I feel like growing up, I, you know, I was always the kid that like everyone was my friend. Didn't matter who you were. I loved everyone. And I think, you know, my mom used to always tell me like, hey, Ryan, like, not everyone can be your friends and that's okay like you have to realize that like not everyone probably has their like you know best outlook for you um and i think a part of my sad in return really was about me understanding truly what my relationships are in all those iterations you know friendships um intimate relationships like all the ways and fractals that relationships play in my world and how I perceive them and also how I value them you know relationships are definitely one of those things that it takes a lot of work to to keep going especially now as a quote-unquote adult Mm -hmm. um I feel like friendships are some sometimes or relationships in general are sometimes the most hardest things to keep going in your life Um, because it takes work you know like I was just talking to someone and I was like I never realized how hard it is to like make a new friend 
in your like, adult, adult yeah. yeah your adult stage because you're just like I'm just not that kid anymore that's just gonna deal with everything you know like I yeah. know myself I've done that inner work and um I think it's hard sometimes when you have to feel like you're leaving someone behind or you know you're on one page and they're on another you know different chapter like you know you still love them but you kind of have to be like okay I've made peace with this we're still amazing yeah. people I love you but I'm going to let you go on your journey as I go on mine, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I love that. Obviously, this is not going to be coming out during Virgo season, but we're talking during Virgo season Mm -hmm. right now. And I feel like one of the lessons that I'm really kind of honoring and integrating just in in Virgo season and with my Chiron and Virgo in the 12th house is this idea of discernment. And it's like, Mm. you know, like you being this beautiful, open-hearted child like that is still within you like you still have that like you are such a kind and loving human like your soul is so just sweet and open and just receptive and healing and like that is such a gift but like you have to protect your peace and to protect Mm -hmm. your soul especially as an adult you need to be discerning and it seems like you really were able to kind of learn that lesson through your saturn return and yeah and you know and and some of those lessons too yeah some of those lessons too were hard ones to learn yeah um but i feel like you know sometimes the hardest things that you do kind of give you the most reward in the end definitely um, that's saturn and I, that's you know, saturn you know like he's is, a fucking daddy he's like that you, is saturn mm-hmm, <laughs> if you do this if you're a good boy if you're a good girl if you're a good day them and you fucking do what you're meant to do and honor my boundaries and like you'll be rewarded and if not then you're gonna get some punishment he's like the fucking mm-hmm. daddy dom and it's really tough but it sounds like you came out you came out stronger which is the whole point of the fucking saturn turn yeah, and it's your point, like, Saturn is, like, the builder and the yeah. destroyer all in one go, you know? So it's yeah. very much, like, Kali get your energy. get your eggs. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, I love Kali. As we're speaking, literally, um, I have an altar in my apartment on my, um, like, little, like, makeshift fireplace. It's not mm-hmm. an actual fireplace. It doesn't run anymore, but I have a little Kali statue on my oh. goddess side. Um, and Kali has always been, like, a part of that journey for me, my yeah. spiritual journey. And I do think it also might be because my like my moon's in Capricorn, so I'm already mm, giving Saturnian, Saturnian energy. Yeah. Um, and ha- even having that like um, opposition within my chart too, being a Cancer Sun and a Capricorn oh, Moon, yeah. like interesting. It it I feel like I definitely oscillate between the two, and like understanding when you know m- there's a little bit of softness that needs to be had but also when like the gavel needs to come down yeah that's such a beautiful opposition were you born on a capricorn full moon i was i'm a full moon baby (gasps) oh my god of course you are i love that i'm a full moon baby 13th day of the month shut up babe. so you know every once in a while my birthday is on friday 13th incredible. and i love it like my, my dad's my dad's birthday is october the 13th so oh. whenever his, his birthday is on the friday the 13th so i'm like oh my god friday like, it's the 13th amazing. that's great i love a friday the 13th yeah yeah i love it and i love that you have that kind of relationship with kali when did you kind of i guess begin to become aware of different like goddesses and mm-hmm. maybe in gods and how did how do those deities play into your um magical practice well i definitely feel like uh how i even got into the realm of like 
esotericism and the occult and all that jazz really came from in middle school one of my friends brought in a tarot deck Mm. um and instantly it was like something snapped in me and just pulled me in um and that's sort of how i was thrust into the world um that we live in now um, and it was great because I think through that, um, I just did a little bit more of exploration. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of grew up Southern Baptist, so Ugh, um, it was definitely tough to think outside of that. Yeah. Um, but it was great to see, oh, there's like so many other things out there, different ways of thought, different ways of doing things. And I'm also a big believer um, that every road leads, leads to one ocean, you yep, know? So, exactly. Um, everything you know everything is everything and nothing is nothing you know Mm -hmm. um and i try to live by that philosophy of you know who are we as human beings as even fractals of divine soul to um try to fully understand something that is beyond our own comprehension i think that's also why it's so amazing to have these all these different um, gods and goddesses mm-hmm. and entities that sort of are those expressions of that one force, you know? Yeah, definitely. My dad describes it as we're holding on to each, each like religion is like holding on to a different piece of the elephant, thinking they have the whole elephant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're all, like you said, like leading back to the, to the same thing. And um, what, okay, first question, do you, what like deities, gods, goddesses do you feel very connected to and inspired right now i'll start mm-hmm. there Ooh, so i feel like my my main gal always um is inana mm, i um, love her I, <laughs> I love her you know and i think over the past <sighs> two three years like she's definitely been a really great a part of my practice yeah because um, i've also and at that same time also been working with um you know, the spirit of Rose, which I know you love roses too. Yeah, I do. Um, and I think, excuse me, that um, that matchup has been really amazing yeah, for my practice. super um, powerful. You know, and I also definitely see it not as a coincidence that like I will be doing all this like Rose work and work with Inanna as I'm going through like my Saturn return in Aquarius and like a yeah. relationship angle, you know? Mm. So I think understanding my fullness in the way mm-hmm. that like Inan experiences her fullness yeah. to also then be able to, you know, unclothe herself as she's, yeah. you know, the delving Sunday. into the underworld. Um, you know, is, is that is that sort of like selfless nature of like I can I can undon myself of all these worldly things. Mm. Um so yeah, no, I, I really love her. Um Could you she's been really great. Possibly just share like your um synopsis of Anana's myth for those who are listening and oh, might not be aware. Yeah, um, let me see if I can get the entirety of the thing. Uh, it's really hard to get the entire thing, but basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you probably know the myth as well, um, but it kind of is known as the descent of Inanna. Mm-hmm. So basically, in the myth, um, she, uh, I think she has to 
what does she actually have to re- retrieve now i'm seeing now i'm forgetting she's like there's a couple different versions of the myth the version that i kind of like the one that i'm most familiar with is that her sister erish kegel is like the goddess of the underworld and her husband dies and anana is going to the funeral of her husband um mm-hmm. and i can't remember his name but it's either that or she has to go to retrieve the me which is like the sumerian like wisdom teachings which i think i i know the one that's the me because yeah i because I, I remember distinctly i don't think it is about going to the funeral at least the, the version i know yeah um so she's retrieving that and you know as she's sitting into the underworld you know um i guess you can say the daemons or um sort of the emissaries mm-hmm. of the underworld as she goes through each step ask her to take something off of her Mm -hmm. um things that represent you know her earthly nature her Mm -hmm. divine nature all the things that she is she's Mm -hmm. actually at the end stripped naked Mm -hmm. um in front of her sister Ereshkigal who is the goddess of the underworld Mm -hmm. um and because she's sort of laid bare has nothing really um of service to help her in that moment her sister is able to i think dry her out and it's it distinctly like hang her upside down in the underworld yeah she like hangs Um, her on a hook for three days and three nights for three days and three nights and she is kind of you know unalived (laughs) um and i think what's amazing though is it takes um two spirits Mm -hmm. or depending on you talk to two spirits or two distinct divine entities to um bring her the water of life and the food of life in order to bring her back Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing so, I think she also ends up having to find someone to sub in for her. Exactly, yeah. In the underworld. Um, and it ends up being, uh, which is funny, ends up being her husband who didn't mourn for her. Yeah, he was just like <laughs> sitting on his, she like comes back from the underworld. She's like, I was just saved, whatever. Like, what the fuck? Like, returns. And she sees her husband like hanging out on her throne not missing her like just having the time of his life and she's like mm-hmm. she's like yo she's, she's like, like, I, she's like I just went through shit literally you didn't even miss me bitch so she's like you can sp- spend the year in the underworlds instead of me because like you know there's that, Id- that yeah there's idea of like everything has to have its you know like there has to be balance so if mm-hmm. there's an offering in the underworld that like Ereshkigal took which is Anana then somebody has to replace her and she's like you can do it and like taps her husband and then her husband's sister's like i feel bad and then yeah literally they spend they do the (laughs) persephone dimeter thing kind of and spend half the year she spends half the year as the in the underworld and then um anana's husband does and i think remember correctly her husband's name is demuzi yeah i always get confused it's like ishtar and tamuz and then inanna and demuzi and i always like want to call tamuz tamuzi and then demuz Demuz. (laughs) like i mean they're so similar you know yeah i mean the (laughs) myths are pretty much the same like there's like very you know slight variations with ishtar with like she goes into the underworld and like the crop stop it's kind of more like a Mm. Demeter thing but um yeah no that was beautiful thank you for sharing it with us and i guess my next question is like what does that like what do you take away from that story like i know you shared a little bit about your relationship with her but what was your experience like embodying this myth and like what was what do you remember from kind of connecting with it for the first time and how does it continue to impact you post saturn return Mm -hmm. well i think it um what it really hit hard for me was 
not allowing my material things to really get in the way of my spiritual learning, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Um, because I th- what I physically saw her doing was, okay, like, I'm taking, you know, this. I think at one point she takes off, like, a beautiful bejeweled necklace. Mm-hmm. Like, she's taking off all these things that symbolize royalty and divineness. And, you know, she does it for wisdom. Yeah. And I think that in the same way, like, it takes sacrifices to learn, you know, yeah. and sacrifices to sometimes understand how the world works. Um, yeah. And in that understanding, you also understand that there's no way for you to understand everything. Literally. Um, <laughs> I think that's kind of one of, the, like, the things about, like, being quote-unquote on a spiritual path it's like the more i learn the less i the more i realize i literally don't know anything Mm -hmm. i'm like wait i literally like i feel like the more i learn the more bimbo i become which is kind of a gift i'm like head empty head empty i don't know anything there's so much (laughs) out there and i know like point zero 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 one percent of it like but i think that's like what's so amazing about it is you can almost like surrender to the knowledge and knowing that like there there is an all and it's okay to not to not know everything i think and if anyone ever tells you like i know everything that's oh my god like red, red flag, flag. it's giving you know nothing it's giving i'm a guru and i know you better than you know you and i'm not talking about like actual gurus in the east that are like tantric or like buddhists that are like giving you information from a lineage that's transmitted through Mm -hmm. like i'm not talking about that i'm talking about western people that are like i'm a guru and it's like bitch no like nobody knows you better than you know yourself period as soon as somebody you know i think you like your 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 spiritual path should also be something that like allows you to understand yourself like yeah that is something for me that like is so key in my spiritual path is that like you know every day i feel like and I, i always make this analogy but like i'm peeling away a piece of the onion. Literally, you know? okay, Shrek, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what can I say? I'm a '90s kid. I so love like... Shrek. I love Shrek. I'm not. We are not coffee cakes. We are onions. We are. Onions. We are not parfaits. We are onions. Yeah, no, and I love I'm fine it. being it's at real. onions because we have so many There's different so many layers. layers. It's you so know, beautiful. and I feel like so many yeah. of those layers like grow as yeah. we, you know, we're born and we get conditioned into things and i think it's up to us in this lifetime to really start to unveil those things you know kind of see behind the curtain to see behind isis's veil you know yes exactly Um, i'm looking at um as i sit on my desk right in front of my computer i have like the manly p hall print of like isis unveiled mm -hmm. isis in her veil and it's it's one Mm -hmm. of my favorites so i love that you just said that yeah and i think it's a that totally rounds about to kind of what we were talking to you before of like again like i feel like too like once you kind of peer behind that curtain or once you you know start your spiritual journey it's also hard to see the world the same again exactly i feel like it's like drinking the flavor aid you know i'm sorry yeah. like, not kool-aid guys it's flavor aid the fucking Wait, don't sh- is, is kool-aid not there not a thing anymore it, no it was like when okay so it's like drinking the kool-aid i mean it's kind of like a dark oh, reference but yeah, like the, yeah. Jones, the jonestown yeah. massacre that happened like yeah where they poisoned everybody it was with flavor aid not kool-aid so oh, i love that so yeah so we can stop fun, saying like drinking the kool-aid just a fun really dark fact from your local vaguely true crime goddess person i don't fucking know but yeah it's flavor aid anyway but it really is like that it's like once you like once you peer behind the curtain which is like weirdly how i felt with bdsm when i first started exploring that Mm -hmm. it's like once you see how 
different the world is like there's no way to go back like you're like okay like i've been but it's it's so it's obviously way more intense for spirituality because it's like it changed as your worldview changes you also you change and Mm -hmm. it's like it's really you know i mean like dorian virtue who was like the girl that did like all the angel and fairy and mermaid oracle decks like Mm -hmm. she renounced all that shit and went back to being like a born-again christian but like she's really the only person i can think of that had a 180 like that after having their like awakening or whatever so you know yeah and i feel like too like same way i feel like um i always say too that like once you're on the path like you might backpedal a little bit but Mm -hmm. you're always there and i think that even happened to me personally like i remember the beginning you know middle school high school very much like ooh, let me delve into this let me just find out all about this like um and then I remember kind of in college, I kind of like dulled out a little bit. Yeah. But it was like when I moved to Philly for my very first job, um, it found me again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it found me at the right time, at the right place. Exactly. It was divine timing. Um, and that's what I think it's. I think it's also like, that's a part of the surrender is knowing yeah. that everything will happen in its divine timing. Yeah. It's up to you to do the work. Yeah. But everything will slot into place. Yeah. And I think that trust and that like surrender is also like, at least for me, like I find that through my work and devotion to goddess. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like so much of that energy is feeling and trusting and surrender. And it's, it's really hard. Cause it's like, you know, I, I recognize, I, I just was talking about this. I think I'll maybe on another podcast or to somebody that, um, like, magic and spirituality are at the end of the day obviously i believe in them a thousand percent but they are tools that we use to have control in a world where we really don't have control where i can god forbid step outside and i get in a freak accident i die one minute knock on wood quickly knock on wood knock on wood but you know what i mean like we have absolutely think that we're in control at the end of the day we're not and we do these Mm -hmm. things as a way for us to feel like we're in a control and to align and it's like mm-hmm. uh, sometimes the most important spiritual practice that we have is just trusting that we're doing the right thing at the right time because it feels right for us and not because yeah. it, you know like I don't even know if that made sense but no it totally does and I feel like a, a part of that for me is also like aligning myself with the cycles of nature exactly you know like why yeah. are you working against the cycles like you should just exactly. be working with them exactly you know, like, why are you going against the tidal wave yeah exactly I feel that too and I feel like this year like I really like once it hits September 21st or 2nd <laughs> the fall equinox, I can't think the I think it's the 21st or there's the 20th might be the 23rd this year I'm looking at my calendar but yeah I'm like I can also pull out my good old uh, farmer's almanac yeah, I think it might be the 23rd this year but as soon as that hits I'm going to fucking hermit mode like I'm going in full healing mode people will not be seeing me as much like and I think that like honoring that and like you know like honoring even like the zodiacal season or the lunations is like such an easy way to transform your life from witchcraft and magic being something you do to something you live because I feel like like and I see this so much in you like you you live these you live this wisdom you take it with you you're not just 
casting a spell on the full moon and then forgetting about your magic. You're casting the spell and then that continues to resonate with you. You continue to see the magic in nature, in your own practice, in connecting to other people, in the way that you're moving through the world. And like that to me is like, you know, like what makes you truly like a fucking witch. Like I really, you know, I think that a lot of the systems of like advanced magic or advanced witchcraft or blah, blah, blah. Like it gets kind of like, I kind of stop caring about those divisions, honestly, like, cause I just think they're kind of dumb. I obviously there's like markers for everything, but it's more for me of how it helps your life become more fulfilling, more connected, more aligned, more, um, empowered and just like more erotic like i feel like i don't know you you have such a wonderful way of just expressing the different ways of like living magic and i would love to know any kind of like any of your daily practices or weekly yeah. practices that you have that kind of support this path and perspective for you that you'd feel comfortable sharing with us yeah so i definitely i try my best to um morning and night i have a prayer that i do mm. um with my like altar beautiful um, that is to the goddess so oh, it's I one of those love. things where it's like i bookend with her yeah. morning and day i love um, that and you know an important aspect of her for me um you know kind of going along this path of green magic and the green arts and things like that you know with herbalism and perfume and like all the things that have to do with actual nature um, is seeing her as, you know, the mycelial mother, you know, mm. she is the, the herbal bed that everything is made, you know, she's the great nurturer. And I think that's mm -hmm. an aspect that I've really been working with lately. Um, so like I will, you know, if I do my prayer in the morning and the, the evening, I have a tincture of an adaptogenic mushroom. Um, so right now I'm really taking reishi mushroom. So I'll take a dose of reishi as I'm saying the prayer. Um, Rose is a really big part of my practice too. Mm. So um, I also try to make sure that roses are, you know, in some way incorporated into that prayer as well. So I mm. have um, on my altar, I usually always, every Friday, every Friday yeah. has to be Friday, I have to get roses. Yeah. Um, and I carry around a little piece of rose with me everywhere too, because I feel like for me, roses have such a significance, not even with the goddess, but also with um, the matriarchs in my family. Yeah. Um, everyone in my family, uh, the matriarchs all loved roses from yellow Aww. to red. So I think, you know, just having a piece of rose really connects me to the goddess. Yeah. Um, Do you have a favorite color rose? I, so I'm that weirdo and I really love, um, I forgot which specific type, but they're the ones that are, um, kind of green Ooh. and then the tips are like pink. Love, I love when there's like the ombre with like yes. the different color on the outside. It's like giving chameleon. Yeah, <laughs> I love, I love like a yeah. pink red like ombre rose, but I think Ugh. probably like a magenta rose is my fave. Like a yeah, red rose or a magenta rose. And I also love just how roses also have so many different shapes. Yeah. And that's what's so beautiful, the shapes, it's the colors, it's, mm -hmm, it's the way again, the I think, little like leaves are, like uh, some of them have like the kind of like roughly leaves, like the tea exactly. roses and you get it. some of them have really big <laughs> thorns and some of them have really tiny thorns and yeah. some of them barely have any and they're so beautiful and soft and delicate and vibrant and fragrant and also still protected with their mm -hmm. their fucking little swords that they have their little thorns and i think that's really why i like love incorporating that in with my, my daily practice too because i feel like it it helps me honor like yeah like my heart is open by the same time 
there are also thorns that are protecting it. Of you know, it's, it's it's knowing when that heart should open to another, and then also yeah. when you're like, okay, look, I've I've kind of seen who you are. You've proven yourself. Let me just close that on right back, yeah. and like the thorns are out now. Um, I love it, and I feel like yeah. it's such a representation of like your Cancer Sun and your Capricorn Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like Saturn is like the scythe, right? Like I think yeah. Saturn is like the blade and it's like mm-hmm. that protection from like the Cancerian, like open hearted love goddess energy. Yeah, because I am definitely like a romantic. Like, yeah, you are. That is it. me to a T. Again, yeah. Venus and Cancer. I'm like, mm. if I can cook you a meal, if I can take you on a cute date like i i am that gal oh i love it you deserve deserve (laughs) that and i love that you're like so connected to the goddess and i just how did that like when did you kind of start feeling that connection and noticing that draw to that expression of the the divine i think i've always kind of had it like yeah really because i think you know growing up i grew up in a family of amazing women amazing women that you know bolstered families Mm. um i actually have a tattoo of three vertebrae on my back and uh one of each of them are one's for my mom one's for my grandmother one's for my great-grandmother because they kind of all raised children along with the community but like really by themselves so it is it represents that strength and truly that goddess nature that i think is is in everything and i think just witnessing that and experiencing that like I feel like I've always kind of had a goddess in my in my arena, yeah. um, and I think now it's just more about me exploring that, but also, you know, continuing to delve into the the divine masculine as well. Um, yeah. So. Well, I was so excited to talk to you about this today Woo-hoo! because Ryan made an incredible fucking tarot deck <laughs> that i have had the pleasure of receiving of working with of loving of drooling over called the abyss tarot yeah and it is a homoerotic divine masculine kinky dark underworld powerful collage deck of like incredible incredible art and expression like it is a beautiful deck and it is such a beautiful deck i feel like specifically to honor the divine masculine while mm-hmm. honoring the sexuality of the divine masculine because like i feel like for me like in my work it is very important to help talk about the divine feminine and the divine erotic and the sexuality found in like the goddess and in the body and like and also like you know we talk i think a lot about the womb as like the sort mm-hmm. you know about creativity and creation but it's like um we need come too. like come is also half of the creative life force that we need to mm-hmm. to create and not not obviously just like all women don't have wombs and all people who have wombs are not women all people that don't that have dicks are not men and all people that are not every man has a dick we aren't i'm not you know we're not equating that we are not turfs in this house mm-hmm. but no, we I, do not suffer turfs in this exactly house. at all in any way shape or form we kick them to the curb maybe not curb stomp them i'm, I'm not gonna get violent here <laughs> but we don't fuck with that in this house anyway um i just love the creative erotic expression of the divine masculine in this tarot deck please share anything and everything you would love you want to about this deck how did yeah. you come up with the concept of the abyss tarot and mm-hmm. What was it like creating it and how does it feel to have it in the world now? Yeah, um, so I guess for me, uh, it all started really with, again, the middle school experience of 
experiencing a tarot deck for the first time and mm. falling in love with it and yeah. that whole process like I kind of became like a hoarder of tarot decks I love it um so you know I really couldn't have them in like middle school or high school but like once Brian got to college bets were off I was buying them all the time and I think I've loved the system of the tarot and you know how it's able to delve into the the dark dark reaches of your own subconscious and and things like that and the story that it tells and you know, at one point I was like, oh, like, I totally get and I love the story, but it doesn't quite resonate with me as a gay man. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. so I was like, okay, like, I've always wanted to create my own tarot deck. Like, why don't I create a tool for myself? That's kind of how it started out. It's like a tool for myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, during the height of the pandemic, it really gave me the time to sit with myself and do the project um and as you know i was doing the project i would send it to a few friends here and there like what do you guys think about this what do you guys think about that and they were like ryan like you are going to sell this right and i was like i wasn't really planning on it like i was just gonna make like a little one-off deck for myself to work with and they were like i don't think you understand the impact it's so like, fucking good dude like it is a fucking amazing deck i'm so glad you had people that were able to reflect that back at you and be like it's not even for the money. It's that so this art and this depth can be shared with other people. Yeah, I think it also was like a reclamation of my sexuality yeah. through the tale of the tarot. Yeah. Um, and it's great because actually the tarot is collage of vintage like skin mags from the 70s oh, so and 90s. Yeah, I love it. Um, and it still kind of, you know, still goes through the Rider Waite Smith mm -hmm. Coleman um, system. There's yeah. a few cards that are tweaked, which, you know, I have to tweak little things here or there. Same, same. Um, and, yeah, it really was, though, about honoring the gay ancestors that had come before me. Oh, I love And, that. you know, the ones that will come after me. Oh, I love, I love mm -hmm. that. And that, too, is, like, such a beautiful example of, like, the fool going through all of the major arcanas coming out the world, becoming the fool again. It's, like, the, mm -hmm. the never-ending never cycle. cycle. It's beautiful. Um, and I, I think you're picking up on something there. But uh, if you if you do buy the deck and you have the guidebook, I, I don't know if anyone notices, but at the beginning of the guidebook, it does have a picture of a spiral. Mm. And in it, it says, the beginning is the end is the beginning. Oh, and then at the very amazing. end, it's the end is the beginning is the end. I love it. That's <laughs> incredible. So he has yeah. fucking sick tattoo, just saying. I'm like, honestly, I'm like, I need another tattoo. Yeah, it's a fucking sick one. <laughs> like, the end is the beginning is the end, or the beginning is the end is the beginning on like one, like, yeah. Lame, and then the the end is the beginning, the beginning is the end. Is the on the end. other, be fucking yeah. sick. It's a cyclical nature. It's you know, it's yeah. the cyclical nature of nature, of the cosmos, of everything that we touch, feel, and experience, both you know, physically and um, spiritually. Yeah. Uh, and it was great to sort of like be able to funnel all that knowledge, consciously and subconsciously, into a deck that you know people can really use and utilize and explore themselves and the people around them. Um, and I still, to this day, like, if I'm getting giving readings to friends or, like, they're, you know, talking about the deck, they're always like, oh, wait, I love how you put this thing here. And I was like, wait, I did what? Literally. And I'm looking and I'm like, oh, shoot, I did. Did not me? Okay. Well, I guess my subconscious was like, no, Ryan, put that there. Literally. You were just you a know. channel. And that's really what it was. And I, you know, yeah. I say this in the guidebook as well. Like, it definitely was a channeling you yeah. know sitting down and I just allowing it. myself to be open to just creating what's on the page 
you know, yeah. of course, like having a plan at times, but also there's definitely cards that just came so much easier. Like it was just like boom, bam, boom, yeah. we're done. Yeah. And then there were other cards that, you know, like to challenge. I understand. I literally you know? understand. I like designed all the cards in my deck and it's like there were some that were so easy and some that I was like what the fuck am I supposed to do and I wasn't even the one collaging them you know like I would conceptualize and have my artists like collage and it's it's a lot it's a lot to make those 78 cards and I also think it's really interesting being in the process of creating your own cards which is something that you can do whether you're doing it for like selling it or just as like a, your own meditation like collaging inspired by a tarot card or collaging a tarot card like it's a way um, and a mirror for like the energy that maybe is stuck within you. Like I know that for myself, I'm like, oh, if there was like cards that were like, you know, more of a quote unquote struggle to create that like maybe those energies mm -hmm. were something that I had to awaken or move through within myself to get to the next card, you know? Yeah, and I think I definitely understand that. And also wait, can we just give like five seconds at the least just to say how excited I am for your day. I was Thank like, you. of course, of course, of course, Stabby is doing this. <laughs> I'm really excited. I feel like our decks together are like daddy dom and mommy, like goddess vibes. Like, it's giving, wait, I have a better reference for you. It's giving, it's giving sugar and spice. Oh my God. From Batman. Love. Oh my God. I love. Literally. I'm spice, you're sugar, and we're just like a little pair. Or like Anana's queen of the heavens and the underworld. Oh. So. love that the evening and the morning star exactly oh i'm obsessed um <laughs> i love it i love your deck it is so sexy i love like honestly i'm not gonna lie like seeing like dicks on my tarot cards and seeing like erotic men i'm like this is just feeding my soul like it is just so beautiful to see this expression of the divine masculine and like an erotic form that's like just so powerful and telling such a beautiful story and what was like the process like like mm -hmm. i i know i just asked this but, like for myself like if i'm working on like a book or like the deck like i feel like it kind of becomes like the container for like my whole life like everything mm -hmm. that i'm doing even if it's unintentionally kind of begins to feed back into what i'm working on and i just wonder like what was your what was the experience i know that it was during the pandemic which was a whole other can of worms but what was the experience like at least energetically like working on this within your own life and maybe even like if you have a sex magic practice within that like yeah. how did you feel like it kind of how did you feel the energy ebb and flow as you were in devotion to creating this well i think you know any act of anything is magic you know, at its core. So I feel mm -hmm. like working through this, it was kind of like I created a spirit of the deck that I was kind of like working with and mm -hmm. channeling. And I think in, in that bubble, it was very much me learning about my own sexuality and yeah. me, you know, kind of going through those cycles and like, oh my gosh, like totally did not think about that. Like, you know, it kind of like opened doors to myself that I feel like I really haven't, you know, in my younger years, really been able to explore within myself. Yeah. Um, and I think it just really brought back a more like sense of wholeness within myself. Mm, that's so um, beautiful. You know, and something too, where it's like, it's cool to like, you know, be like sexual as a man. And I think yeah. sometimes like there is this like, quote unquote, like full on masculinity, like, let me like pick you up and like you know 
monster car like it's just it's giving like it's giving mechanic it's giving mechanic and no it was not so funny but yeah so i feel like yeah. i also kind of saw through that aspect of the yeah. tarot deck like obviously like the images are very masculine but i think in choosing the different colors and textures and the other elements of things it's like it kind of creates this like softness overlay over it you know yeah. this allowing yourself as um any male identifying person to have both of those edges yeah. both soft and sharp you know yeah. allowing yourself to delve into things that like maybe quote unquote would be seen as more feminine things but at the same time are aspects of each of us you know yeah. in, in different um proportions so i think that's kind mm -hmm. of what i understood while creating the deck is I think I even got to explore kind of my own femininity that I think, yeah. you know, maybe in my childhood wasn't really allowed um, to come forth. And I yeah. think, you know, during the process, it really was able to flourish. And I just like learned things about myself, you know, like in that time, even after the deck, like, you know, I just, I'm, I feel more me. And I think yeah. that's what I hope that the deck does for other people is it, it kind of gives them the key to their to their own doors yeah. um and there's something too that i always do you know with every tarot deck reading is i knock three times on the deck mm -hmm. and i always say like um i enter the void oh, you know obsessed so also great tattoo <laughs> I'm, I'm just coming up with all these good ideas <laughs> so Beautiful. what you're saying is when we meet again i should have all these tattoos yes. i'm like I'm writing wait. this down. <laughs> it's going to be a whole, like, charade tattoo. Oh, I love it. Well, you should definitely get your tarot card, like, a tarot card tattoo, because the art is amazing. Like, oh, thank and you. I love what you were saying about finding the divine feminine, like, through the divine mm -hmm. masculine. That's really, really gorgeous. I've talked kind of about finding the masculine, the divine masculine through the divine feminine, and I love mm -hmm. this through the other side. And I also just want to, you know, point out that it is, like, it's a queer deck. Like, it celebrates... Yeah gay and queer and homosexual and leather daddy like culture and like that is inherently other which is like just its own kind of like specific magic and I feel like that is so it is such a specific kind of witchcraft too because witchcraft has always been the spiritual practice of like the outsider of the other and mm -hmm. I just love I love that you were able to find a part of yourself and connect to your own femininity through celebrating this beautiful and expressed and embodied form of masculinity and i would argue that if more men had that relationship to their masculinity that was embodied that was authentic that was integrated that was understood that it would be we would not be in the patriarchy that we are now like it is yeah. a really and this is like a tool for anybody of any any gender expression to meet the divine masculine meet the divine masculine in a way that's not really posited to us that's not really shared with us in you know like our day-to-day -day life and media and advertising through our you know through churches and what we grew up with this is like the this is another version of that and it's such an incredible gift to be giving that to people at this time because it's like at the end of the day you know we are not trying to have women become superior to men and replace like we want balance but because obviously it's been we've been the pendulum has been in patriarchy land we need to find um we need to swing to divine feminine land before we find a middle ground but this is such a potent tool to help people find that that balance and it is just so beautiful so bravo Aww. 
Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. And I think I think as well it's like one of those things is you can really like sense the liminality of the death. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, which I think it really truly is the lesson in the deck is that, yeah. you know, we are all components of the whole. Yeah. Um, we are all liminal in some way. We're all other in yeah. some way. Um, and I think if you can identify with otherness, if you can identify with queerness, mm-hmm. um, to your point, like, the deck will probably speak to you yeah. in some way or some form. Yeah. Um, you know, in the same way that the, that the divine does, you know? Yeah. It, um, I always think about, when I think about my deck, I always think about, and I'll probably mess up this quote too, like I did, the Anana story. Um, you did not mess anything is, up, babe. <laughs> you did perfect. Uh, it is the charge of the goddess. And I always think mm. about the line where it says, you know, all acts of love and pleasure are my rituals. That's it. That's the line. That's perfect. Yeah. And like, it is it. That, and it is it. And, you know, like, and that that is it. That is all. And I think I always try to like, bring that into my life you know yeah you were talking about you said something before that reminded me of that line too and i thought about it because you were like everything is magic and there's magic in everything and i was like that was Mm -hmm. i feel that i feel that in you and i i see it in the deck and even as you were talking like this would be such a good deck for somebody who's transitioning like especially transitioning into like some kind of you know like masculine expression or like transitioning from you know like fully transitioning or just just exploring their masculinity or femininity femininity like i feel like it is such a potent tool for queer practitioners and non-queer practitioners who want to connect with that energy and it's just it's an incredible incredible deck oh thank you and i do so i will do a quick self plug <gasps> yes i would love but i that. am i am working on a companion deck <gasps> shut up <laughs> oh my god i it cannot is, wait it is in the works and it's definitely taking a little bit longer than like the tarot deck i understand um but it's going to be like a plant oracle deck um <gasps> oh that still god, lives gorgeous. in the same world as the abyss oh, tarot I love it um but kind of takes it like one step further we're like i'm mm. really working with each of the plant allies that kind of go along the deck um and there may may not be like little things you can do like a ritual or something in the deck for like each of the plants um so yeah so that's coming soon ish it depends on when the deck wants to get born you know you can't you can't hurry divine timing Mm -mm. um but yeah that's something that is in dust works beautiful but what about you like um kind of what's something that you'd like to do in your practice that kind of honors both the masculine and feminine oh that's a great question i feel like i have a very structured daily practice that kind of is like more like like for me like that's the masculine and like the feminine Mm -hmm. like so like i always do this the lesser banishing ritual the pentagram i always cleanse and like clear myself which i feel like is kind of like both feminine and masculine but i feel like that kind of like coming back to the same thing every day for me is how i honor the masculine like having that Mm -hmm. form for the force and um like within that i pray to the different goddesses i'm devoted to and then i'll like kind of do you know some different like breath work or meditation and gratitude but i feel like for me like my self-expression and my connection to my sexuality and my heart are like Mm -hmm. how i live with the goddess of love like as a devotee to her and like feeling that connection and honoring that and like being soft are ways for me to honor her and like the kind of 
things that I need to do every day to keep myself healthy, like spiritually, physically, are like the ways that I honor the divine masculine. So it's like the divine masculine is like the the structure of my daily practice and the divine feminine is like my intuition and connection to my heart, like through that, you know? I love that. Yeah. Also, I'm so glad that you're also an LBRP, like girly, because yes, I do yes. the LBRP too on Saturdays. Oh my like, that's God, like I my like it. Saturday thing is like yes. clean the apartment, open the window, so LBRP, good. incense going, you know? Yes, it's such a powerful one. It's definitely like my LBRP and my meditation are like my non negotiables, like a thousand percent. And you can definitely tell with like if you haven't done the LBRP, I'm like, Something feels a little weird in my apartment. Yeah, I've I've probably done it like <laughs> thousands of times at this point, no joke, cuz I've I've been doing it every day for like almost 5 years, which is dumb. Yeah. So it's like I just I refuse to know what it like I'm just I'm so fixed sign. I'm so fixed sign. Sometimes I have to like one day I'm going to have to just skip a day of daily meditation to just No. <laughs> I don't want to. I haven't done it yet. I haven't done it. You're yet, like I'm so. like I'm like I'm also kind of worried at the same time uh, yeah. because I also I have um, a grand fixed cross. Ooh, beautiful! In my in my chart, so like um, I definitely you know need to embrace that fixed yeah. energy. Sometimes I can be very cardinal and just go, oh yeah, let me just start this. Oh yeah, wait, I can do this. Yeah, and it's more about like let's like center mm-hmm. and just keep the steady beat and i think yeah. that's what's so amazing about like seeing your journey gabby thank is you, like babes. seeing the dedication thank that you. it takes to do that so thank you Bravo. What's, what's your rising again leo oh my god so sexy <laughs> yeah i'm a, a leo rising and a leo mercury so Ooh, you know, it's giving it's it's giving smooth and sexy summertime. You uh, know, I'm obsessed. The Leo and Cancer is such a good vibe. I know a lot of Cancers who have Leo risings, and it's such a sexy combo. You know, we try, we really do. We succeed, you baby. Know, that's what I'm saying. You know, we're we humble. Succeed. We're humble, <laughs> but we know it's successful. Beautiful. Well, before we go, will you pull the card for us and then? Share, oh my gosh! Share yes. about it. Thank okay. you. I'm gonna close my eyes and take some deep breaths. And take some deep breaths. All right. Just gonna shuffle the cards for us. Thank you. I just like well, what our audience needs to know at the moment when they're hearing this, which yeah. is the perfect moment for them to hear this. Exactly. Outside of time and outside of space, whenever yeah. you're listening to this, what is it that they need to know? I knock on the door of the void. Oh, in true fashion, we have the Emperor card. Ooh, shut <laughs> up. Oh my God, I can't even form words. I'm like, divine daddy dom daddy of the universe coming to be like i'm here bitches yeah it's literally it's like divine masculinity at its finest just rearing its head it's sovereignty Mm. it is just like understanding too that we are the kings of our own thrones i love that um and i really think it for me it also speaks to that like fire that ambition within you um and creating to your point order out of chaos in some ways you know Definitely, and it's so the Emperor card's associated with Aries, which is the first sign of the zodiac. Mm-hmm. So it's like 
being the first person not necessarily first person to do something but doing something in your own way doing something that's aligned for you even if it feels like out there like very revolutionary very full energy of kind of wandering and beginning something fresh even if it's not been done in the way you're doing it before and like that's the magic like owning your power and walking in the path meant for yourself and recognizing mm-hmm. that and like not worrying about what's happening around you either yeah, you know i think that exactly. sometimes like aries kind of get a little bit of a, a flack for it but <laughs> there is a talent and just being able to be like hey this is what i'm passionate about i'm gonna run towards it i'm mm-hmm. not gonna look at what people are doing so i just always think of my queen vivian westwood who uh, you know changed things with her revolutionary oh version of fashion and she used R. fashion R. to make a statement i literally still can't think about the fact that she passed away it's so sad oh, i know <sighs> it's like uh we've we've like lost a maven I you know. know literally a matriarch but um can you describe a little bit like of the imagery on the card for people who don't have it yet Yes. So it, it the background is a red kind of mountain scene. Um, and there is a man on a throne, kind of like sitting little side saddle style. Mm. Um, there is just a beautiful golden ram's horn skull by him. Um, and he also sits a, um, a helmet beside him. And then, of course, in true emperor style, there is that sign of uh, the divine masculine or the the male symbol above his head. Beautiful. I love Mm -hmm. it. Well, this was gorgeous. This was such a heartwarming conversation. Could you please share how people can find you on social media, how they can buy the deck, how they can buy your perfume and support your other work and anything else you want to plug? Um, so if you want to, you know, kind of delve deep into my deck, you can reach me at the, um, Abyss Tarot on Instagram. Um, I also have the entirety of my business, which is, um, tarot, perfume. I've just launched like a house spray situation. Yeah, so cool. Um, and that is, um, called Graven Effigy. So you can also, um, look up that on Instagram. Um, and if you just want to see personal Ryan doing his thing, running around New York City, I am Bebe Yaga on Instagram as well. It's the fucking best handle, <laughs> by the way. Every time I see it, I'm like, it's so fucking yeah. funny. You know, it's a little bit of the sweetness Bebe and the sour Yaga. at the same it's time. It's so fucking good. Well, I'll link all of those things below, including the link to order your deck. And I just so appreciate you taking the time to have this beautiful conversation with me. Thank you so much, Ryan. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I had the most amazing time, Gab. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Bye. Hello, witches. I hope you enjoyed that interview and conversation with Ryan Harrison and myself. And I'm so grateful for you being here. If you want to connect with Ryan, you can find him on Instagram and you can find that at the link below. You can find the link at the link below at the show notes, um, the link to the Abyss Tarot. And as always, if you want even more magic, you can check out my full-length books, Inner Witch, Bewitching the Elements, and Sacred Sex, my guided journal, Embody Your Magic, and my tarot deck, The Goddess of Love Tarot, all which are filled with creative witchcraft, goddess-worshipping magic. And if you want to go deeper into the sexuality and eroticism of the tarot, you can take one, two, or three parts of my three-part course called 
Perverting the Tarot, which is also at the link below alongside where you can order my books. You can check my work out on Patreon where I share essays and tarot spreads and have a whole library of videos. And as always, if you like the podcast, review it, leave five stars. It would mean so much to me. And I will see you guys next week. Love, Lust, and Magic is produced by Zach Toman.